If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to First Strike here on Visa. I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down a middleweight event right here in Las Vegas. A very busy week out here in Sin City. Jack Hermanson against Joe Pfeiffer. It should be a very intriguing main event here. Right now, we're seeing Hermanson about a $2 betting underdog. Uh, Pfeiffer right now about minus 250, minus 245, give or take. Going to break this down with Lou Finicaro here in just a moment. Jordan Sherwood, Zaid Hussein, and Reed Kuhn in our nation's capital. Without further ado, let's bring in the man you can follow on X at Gamblu, the host of the About Business Podcast, the one and only Lou Finicaro. Lou, what a busy week it, has, it is out here in Sin City. And kind of lost in the shuffle obviously with Super Bowl uh, 58 out here is this card at the UFC Apex but sometimes while everybody's looking one way you can make and maybe find some better numbers when looking at an event like this here uh, at the Apex let's start right there in the main event because we know that the Joker is certainly somebody that's we know him he's been around the block a little bit Sometimes at 35, you go, all right, he's getting up there a little bit uh, long in the tooth against a young guy in Joe Pfeiffer who could be next in the middleweight division. This is clearly a step up in competition. Do you think it's too much too soon, or should Joe be this big a favorite? Dave, thanks so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to come in and break down the fights. And when they give us 14 fights, Mm. boy, we ought to be able to pick out a couple anyway. Uh, yeah, Joker 35, there's, there's nine fighters on this card, 34 years old or older. So, you know, we got the geriatric squad, <laughs> uh, showing up for the fights in this particular fight. You know, you look at Hermanson, uh, he, uh, he's had dubious results in his last couple of years and he's coming in off of a layoff. Now, 
you know, on one hand, Cannoneer, an explosive, violent guy, finishes him in two. Dolidze, who we just saw get exposed, got him in two. Yet he goes three rounds with Vittori. So he's uneven and, and inconsistent uh, at 35, saying he's going to bring some improvement into the cage. I, I really don't know how much he could bring. Yes, Pfeiffer uh, steps way up in class from where he's been, but he's big, he's strong, he's in a small cage, and uh, he opened just under 200. Now he's minus 240. Uh, I tend to agree with Pfeiffer being that form of favorite. I look at the total at two and a half, mm -hmm. and, and it's my inkling that if I want to gamble at a minus 140 to the over, do I think Jack can get it into that third round? And I think he has the guile and experience to do so. I'm not certain yet if I want to recommend that as a play just yet, however. And that's interesting because, again, we always try to figure out pathways to victory, certainly in a main event here for two guys not in, in the title picture right now. So they could be forced to go longer than they normally do in, in normal three-round fights for these two fighters. You would think just naturally that the longer the fight goes would favor the younger fighter in Pfeiffer here. But maybe that, that cage experience, if you will, that octagon experience that, that, that the Joker has, do you think he might want to try to extend this fight, you know, make the younger guy expend some of that energy and see if he can't get him late? Would that be advantageous to the older guy? I think it must be. When you look at Pfeiffer, he hasn't seen a third round in his professional career. Right. So it's got to be the plan to song and dance and do it. I mean, <laughs> be Forrest Gump and run in circles. But for for crying out loud, get this thing to the third round. And maybe you got a shot of taking a little starch out of the uh, sharpness and the brutality of Piper's punches. Yeah, if you can get midway through that, that third round right now, you see that total at two and a half. You can get plus money at over two and a half rounds right now at plus a dollar ten. So not an official play oh. there. So, but again, it's telling you obviously that they're implying that Piper would get this done earlier rather than later. If the Joker, as Lou says, can kind of survive a little bit, maybe take this into the deeper night here in Las Vegas, it might behoove the older fighter at 35 years young. Let's get to another fight that I know that you've already got circled on this card with Rodolfo Vieira against Armin Pedrosian here. Uh, basically a pick and fight that we're seeing here. Pedrosian minus dollar five. Uh, Vieira right now has gone up to a minus dollar 20 and Pedrosian even money here. Uh, again, about looking in a mirror here, 34 and 33, a little bit of an inch reach advantage here for Vieira here, two inches. Uh, should this fight be as closely aligned as it is right now in the market? I do. I think it is. And, and these guys were supposed to fight in November, mm -hmm. and I'm really glad they kept these two together. What a fabulous, fabulous clash of styles in that Vieira, the, you know, the grappler, the BJJ black belt, and a Petrosian, a kickboxing background. I, I like Petrosian's size. I, I uh, look at who... Um, Vieira's been in with Cody Brundage win. Okay, very good win. Kurt, Chris Curtis loss, Justin Stolfus. So uh, when I look at this fight for Rodolfo, it's a huge step up. Meanwhile, Petrosian, Christian Leroy Duncan, ex-basketball player, mm -hmm. big, strong, structured guy. Uh, A.J. Dobson, a wrestler. So he's seen that attack. He's uh, He beat RoboCop. 
Chai Barallo, who is a future champion in this division, beat him. So uh, I think Petrosian should be the minus 120 guy and Vieira the other way around. And I've bet that already in that regard. And I would suggest listeners consider that. You know, you see here the total for this potential three-round fight is is set at one and a half, just heavily to the over at minus $1.70. Is this the type of fight where you think Petrosian could get potentially a KOTK or DQ win at plus 250 or more than likely hits the cards? If it just hits the cards without picking a winner, it's plus $1.60. Do you think this has got too much finishing potential that you'd avoid, avoid that prop, Lou? No, I, I think, uh, and again, there's like seven or eight fights lined at one and a half yeah. on this card. So we could see some fireworks. And, and I think uh, Rodolfo, who has shown the ability to wane as the fight goes on, could play right into Petrosian's hands. I, I do like Petrosian. I, I, I think an inside the distance is not out of the question. We just don't have those available, at least on my draft. King's slate as I'm reviewing it right now. Yeah, absolutely. So if you like Pedrosian, you can get him right now at even money. And again, that over, if you do like it, it is juiced at minus $1.70. Another fight that I know you've got to play on already. You want to get to that one, Jeremiah Wells against Max Griffin. And I see Griffin here, a small dog, about a plus $1.30. We're seeing across the marketplace, Jeremiah Wells right now. Uh, solid favorite here, minus $1.55. Should Max be live in your eyes here? And if so, why? Well, first of all, Dave, I, I think I regard this as maybe one of the most firework fights yes. of the night. These are closely co uh, competitive athletes uh, with with Max Payne surely having some experience, but Wells coming out of Philly off a loss to uh, the Jamaican Harris. Uh, I, I think this one's going to be highly competitive. I love the over. And Max Payne opens 180. Now he's down to 130. I would say let's not let that get too far lower because I think it's <laughs> going to continue to get lower. I do like Max Payne Griffin in this matchup. You know, the over is heavily juiced here. We're seeing over $2 here, right around $2 for over one and a half rounds. Uh, if you don't want to give that out as a play on its own, would it be a parlay piece for you potentially, that over one and a half? Over one and a half, or perhaps the fight to start round three. Okay. Maybe I could take a little of the uh, stringency away from that big minus number. Yeah, pretty smart play there. So, again, if you like the over, maybe find different ways in, instead of just laying that two-to-one price tag here. Uh, a fight that I know that you've um, been looking at now for quite some time. It was rumored, is it going to be on, is it off? Andre Touchy-Feely against uh, 50K Dan Ige in this one here. And Ige is the favorite against uh, Feely here. Right now, minus an hour 75 I'm seeing here at DraftKings plus a dollar 45 for touchy feely what do you make of this co-main event here for two guys still in their early 30s but boy have they been around the block been around the block both have seen plenty both have great skills I think maybe with his length and size feely has some maybe a little striking advantage mm. though I don't take anything away from 50k he has surely in my opinion some wrestling advantage. And so this fight is going to compete with Wells and Griffin for most competitive uh, fight of the night and potentially uh, the most explosive fight of the night. I think these two guys are going to get after it. We, we've seen Feely get touched up, mm -hmm. uh, excuse the pun, <laughs> and I do favor uh, I, I do favor Dan 50K Ige in this fight. Uh, he opened just slight 
uh, slightly less, minus 150. I'm seeing, what, minus 175 mm -hmm. or so right now, Dave. So uh, he's still within a very playable range, uh, and that might be my parlay piece with someone other in the card because at minus 175, you find somebody even at minus 200 or 240, you can still squeeze plus money out of that relationship. Uh, one fight here in the last uh, minute that we have, I just want to ask you about Rob Robocop back in there against Brad Tavares, Gregory Rodriguez. Rodriguez over a $2 betting favorite against Tavares. Again, Brad's getting up there at 36. We got Robocop at 31. Is this number correct or is it too big in your eyes? I think it doesn't reflect the respect, at least, that I give Brad Tavares. Uh, Robocop can be, in an IQ sense, uneven. <laughs> so is he going to go out there and try and, and take Tavares down and get on top? Because if he does, I'll take under and Robocop. But if he gets up and tries to stand, he's not the most fluid mover, or he's got plenty of power, but he isn't precise. He isn't snappy with his shots. And Tavares is there to be there. He, he's, he's durable and has great experience. This will be more competitive than the price suggests, in my opinion. 15 seconds. Tell them about the Bout Business Podcast, my friend. Bout Business Podcast, final releases every Friday. Go to gamblue.com to get that. Good luck, everybody, and thanks so much for having me on, Dave. Uh, always my pleasure. Lou Finicaro, everybody, when we come back, going to Chicago to catch up with Jordan Sherwood next here on First Strike. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com. Check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for the Super Bowl? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes. You can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. We're always improving our betting splits and recently added soccer betting splits from around the world. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com slash splits back here on first strike a pleasure once again to go out to the great city of chicago to catch up with our guy jordan sherwood you can follow him on x as i do at wood on espn 1000 jordan before we get to your picks for this it's the super bowl week i don't know if you've heard it's crazy out here they're asking brock purdy patrick mahomes george Kittle, what should the bears do at number one this is insane so i gotta ask you what are the bears gonna do at number one I think all signs point to Caleb Williams, uh, them keeping the pick, trading Justin Fields, uh, continuing to surround the quarterback position with whatever value they can and, and taking a what in many people's minds is a can't-miss quarterback. And I think personally what, what speaks to me is the decision they're going to go that way is because of the coaching staff. The fact that they got you know Shane Waldron from Seattle mm. uh, and, and everybody else offensively that now they're surrounding in that room uh, speaks to Caleb Williams being the guy that they're going to take uh, come – NFL draft on April 24th. Because you see that, you see the pin on, on his lapel right there, right? Everybody? Yeah. Oh, it's on this, there it is. It's on there this, it is. There. So I had to ask a Bears question. All right, let's get to uh, what we think is going to happen this week out here in Las Vegas at UFC Apex. And in that main event, you look at Joe Pfeiffer, and again, the age normally is a glaring thing at 27 versus the Joker, Jack Hermanson at 35. Yet, the experience factor is going to be on the side of the veteran here. Is that enough to sway you that the vets got a a fighting shot? Or do you think Pfeiffer really is the next, if you will, in the middleweight division? Well, it would be enough for for me to question and take a hard look at it because Jack Hermanson's been in there with the best Mm -hmm. at 185 pounds, and this is a dramatic step up in competition for Pfeiffer. Uh, My issue is, is I go back and look at actually the fight that Hermanson had against Jared Cannonier in a main event fight that was showcasing him. He was the next big thing. I think he had just come off of a big win over Jacarai yeah. in South Florida. Uh, and he, he won the first round with his aggressiveness, his takedowns, but fight changing power uh, that Jared Cannonier possesses ended the fight very quickly for Jack Hermanson. And I think the same, I think Joe Pfeiffer fights similar to that of Jared Cannonier, who has a good strong base from a wrestling standpoint and just has some, fight-changing power that, that's really unique for the 185-pound division. So if Pfeiffer can handle you know, this situation in the Apex main event, not really worried about it, not the bright lights, not necessarily there, 
uh, even though it's Super Bowl weekend in Vegas. But I think just stylistically, Hermanson might have an earlier edge with the, with the grappling, the aggression. But at some point, uh, his chin's going to be exposed. And we've seen Hermanson, uh, as, as I alluded to with the Cannoneer fight and some of the other fights that he's had, uh, get knocked out. So I think Joe Pfeiffer gets his hand raised. It, it's probably, uh, Dave, a little bit of too much uh, of a risk. So I think you probably stuff him into a parlay. Mm. And I think you try and find some unique propositions. You see him there on the screen. I would look at a KO prop. I, I think Joe Pfeiffer's got that fight-changing power. Uh, to end Jack Hermanson's night, and obviously he has five rounds to do it. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, it's here at UFC Apex, it's it's not at T-Mobile, and so there's no crowd, right? And does that change your handicaps at all based on the venue? Because you go, oh, main event, bright lights, but it's it's different. It's just different when it's at a muted event versus when there's a crowd, and maybe a younger fighter could be a little bit odd, as we see over in the O2 or other places where raucous crowds happen. I, I don't think it's that. I, I think it's it's the crowd reaction, the strikes that we've we've talked about before on mm-hmm. on the podcast. Whether it be like Brazilian, you know, reaction to Brazilian fighters, or when they go to London, or we were talking about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was in Canada. Yeah, you know, I, I think fans can can change the opinions of, of judges. Uh, I don't think that the atmosphere per se, but I do think the smaller apex favors Fiper. I, I do think that Jack Hermanson needs a bigger octagon to operate and get his timing, get his takedowns that sometimes come from, from, uh, you know, half the octagon away. Right. He's not going to have that advantage in the smaller octagon at the apex. Yeah. And again, Hermanson, very awkward fighter in there. Sometimes he might not be as, as elusive here in that smaller octagon uh, to the Pfeiffer side. That is for sure. Let's go to the co-main event here with uh, Dan 50 K Ige against Andre touchy feely, feely, a, a dog in this one at plus a dollar 45. Again, both guys, Kind of looking at each other. Uh, obviously, Feely's got the reach advantage at 74 versus 71 inches, but same age, 32, 33, getting long in the tooth. Both these guys are certainly uh, ring warriors in there, octagon veterans. What do you make of the dog in this case, and do you think it's a firefight for potentially three rounds? Yeah, I think this is fight of the night written all over it. If, if your book offers one of those props, it certainly would. wouldn't mind putting a little sprinkle on, on that uh, happening. I'm going recency bias here. You know, we can keep thinking that, you know, Andre Tachifili has been around forever. Uh, he looked amazing in yeah. his last fight against Lucas Almeida, albeit, you know, it's not the same type of competition. And, you know, we've seen uh, Tachifili get touched. You know, Joe Anderson Brito not too long ago uh, put his his lights out. And certainly Bryce Mitchell, you know, utilized wrestling to to prevent Tachifili from getting off. But I think, like, you know, Ige wants to operate in a phone booth, per se, utilize his boxing. Feely's got a little bit more uh, athleticism and, and, and distance to his striking, looking for, for timing and stuff. And as long as he could avoid the power punching by Dan Ige, I, I think this is Andre Feely's fight to, to steal. Ige, you know, or Feely, I should say, is rather a, a difficult fire to mirror come, uh, you know, in preparation, and albeit in a short notice situation. So for me, it's a small sprinkle on Andre Touchy Feely riding the momentum off of that impressive showing he had in December and getting two in a row over, uh, uh, obviously a very tough customer in Danny again. Jordan, what's interesting to me, when you look at the total here at two and a half, juiced heavily to the over at minus $1.85, yet I think we're both in, in unison thinking this has got firefight potential. And if you're going to fight this thing in a phone booth at UFC Apex, somebody could go to sleep here. You look at the, the, the prop for the fight just to go the distance, it's minus $1.55. Do you think we might get somebody to get somebody out of there? And that no prop at plus $1.25 could be profitable. 
I look, I mean, I, we, we've seen Danny Ige turn, turn fights around right. in, in a split second and, and, and has that fight changing power. And we also just, as I mentioned, Andre Feely has been knocked out quite recently by a guy that's a powerful puncher uh, in Joe Anderson Brito. But I, 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 I still think we're getting a three-round fight. I, mm. I still think guys can't, you know, skill sets cancel each other out in a lot of areas. So I, I, I probably would stay away uh, from the total on, on this one, understanding that, you know, obviously the benefits and, and the, the strengths of both fighters. Uh, to, to quote uh, Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own, that's good advice. Let's get to Rodolfo Vieira here against Armin Pedrosian. And you look at this one, Pedrosian about uh, even money uh, right here on the was a small dog now. Uh, basically even Vieira here, minus $1.20 uh, for these middleweights at 185 What do you make of this matchup here? Stylist, styles make fights. Yep. So Vera, obviously the grappler, you know, a wizard on the ground, some of the best accolades we've ever seen enter the UFC. Petrosian, very good, elusive, long kickboxer, very good takedown defense. A lot of people don't talk about that. So, and I think that's going to be the key. I think we've seen very up what happens when he wins fights. He gets fights quickly to the ground, and then he operates and, and, and gets a submission. When he doesn't get the fight to the ground, He's going to struggle on the feet because that's a new area of mixed martial arts for him. So he's continuing to evolve. He's got power because he's you know, obviously a big guy, big athlete, but doesn't have the same skill set as an Armin Petrosian. And what happens when he can't get the fight to the ground? We've seen him tire. We've seen him gas. And we've actually seen him be submitted. Mm. So uh, I, I like Petrosian as the dog. I think that he could weather the early storm, keep the fight on the feet, land some strikes. Vera's going to get frustrated, go for some sloppy takedowns. And that's where, you know, Armin Petrosian either uh, continues to score or maybe he gets a late finish in, in this fight. Ooh. But I think it plus money right now. I think that's fine. Take that. I, I like him being able to keep it on the feet enough and avoid the ground to get two rounds out of three in his back pocket. Uh, by the way, the over in this one is set at one and a half, juiced heavily to that over right now. Uh, actually, not about $1.75 what I'm seeing here for a round and a half right now uh, for that fight to go deep into that second round. Uh, we've got about 90 seconds to go. I want to ask you about one more fight that I know you've got to play on. Devin Clark against Marcin Procneo. Uh, Procneo right now, a solid dog. See about a plus $1.80. Is he live, or do you think this is one-way traffic with Devin? And I just can't get over the fact that it was his UFC debut. His, his hands were down. His defense was leaning forward. Yeah. And Sam Elvey knocked him out. Um, <laughs> all right, he's evolved since then. Devin Clark, when he does what he does and it becomes a wrestler and gets his fight to the ground, he's going to win this fight. And that's what I think he does. Hopefully his dad is in the corner. He takes motivation from that uh, in previous fights. So, yeah, I think Devin Clark put him in a parlay for sure. I don't think that, that Procneo is going to have the fight-changing power uh, that, that's going to end the fight. And real quick, going back to the Petrosian fight, yeah. if we're on the over, if it's just the over one and a half, that's speaking to Petrosian winning this fight in the later rounds. Vieira needs an early victory and a quick stoppage. So if you like that fight, there's a, you're questioning yourself, Look at that round total. If it's over one and a half, I think that favors Petrosi. Yeah, I think it's definitely telling you right there that with that juice to the over, that would favor the small dog here in Petrosian. Jordan, great stuff. As always, my friend, uh, stay warm in Chicago these days. Cash some tickets. We'll catch up again soon. I got it. I got the Chiefs. Record. I got the Chiefs. On the Chiefs. We're on opposite sides there. Okay, when we come back, Zayn Hussein is going to join us right here in studio as we continue the Chicago Flayer on this edition of First Strike. We're back in a moment.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't done so already, what are you waiting for? Check out the new VEASAN.com. We got enhanced navigation, fresh looks. Of course, we're breaking down Super Bowl 58 each and every day to get you ready for the big game coming here on Sunday. And also, we always have top-notch MMA info on there as well. So check out the new VEASAN.com and check it out today. As I said, continuing the Chicago flavor out here in the desert. A pleasure to be joined in studio by the one and only Zayd Hussein. Follow him on X as I do at Zayd underscore Hussein. Zayd, it's great to have you out here. You know, you're almost like at this point, you're like half Chicago, half Vegas. For sure. Are you just getting away from the weather? Yeah, you know, you have to. But over here, I came and it's, it's almost Chicago weather out here right now. I mean, what's going on over here? It's cold. It's rainy. You know, it's making you feel at home. Yeah, right at home. <laughs> uh, we just had Jordan Sherwood on, obviously. Talked a lot of uh, about this card. But I want to get to one fight that you have a play on that we haven't talked about yet. And it does have a Chicago flavor to it. And it's Darius Flowers against Michael the Menace Johnson. Now, 
you know how how Darius has been training in Chicago. Tell us a little bit, pull back the curtain of what you see in him. Yeah, so Darius Flowers took a fight on the Contender Series uh, real recently. And what he was able to do is win the fight by literally a, just a slam, which we've seen a slam KO a lot. Yep. So he takes that fight, uh, training out of Chicago fight team, Bilal Muhammad, a lot of respected fighters over mm -hmm. there as well, amateur especially. And then now you look at Darius, he took a fight on short notice against a Jake Matthews, who was a big favorite in that fight, weak notice. Now he comes in against Michael Johnson, Johnson 37 years old, Johnson coming off of a brutal KO loss, and now Darius, four months to prepare, showed up to Vegas, has been nonstop training here, training with multiple gyms, different coaches, and he has a lot of good looks. I think he shines here this weekend. And as at, an underdog. And plus money, at mm -hmm. plus a dollar five, that's that's certainly enticing to yours truly. When I see the total posted at, at a round and a half and basically slightly juiced to the over at minus a dollar twenty, it does kind of show that Flowers, if he that's the side we're looking at, does a shorter fight favor uh, Flowers, or do you think that Johnson with the experience might want to stay away from the younger the younger buck early on in this fight? Yeah, for me, this fight reads Flowers early, Johnson late. So Flowers is going to bring out with intense, intense pressure. You're going to see a lot of pressure out of Flowers. And then if Johnson could weather the storm, he has a shot at finishing late. Mm. But overall, for me, I like the upside of Flowers KO at plus 225. I like it early. You could take a round one finish. Um, and if you like Michael Johnson here, you play him in rounds two and rounds three where Flowers can maybe gas. But I don't think that's the case. I love that. That's a, that's a great way to break it down. It gets solid plus money because, again, in the live betting market, if Darius can't get him out early, I'll be very intrigued to see what that number looks like. Uh, but, again, Flowers KO prop at plus 225. You like that the, as a best bet? Yeah, for sure. And once the round props come out, I'd love looking at a Flowers round one, Flowers maybe round two early as well. All right, love that uh, selection there. Let's get to the to the main card here. We'll start right there with the main event with the Joker against Joe Pfeiffer. And we can understand why Joe right now has been ballooned up a little bit to 245. But how do you see the fight playing out? Because, again, it's Apex. You've been there many times and watched fights. You know the feel of it. It's not like T-Mobile. And it's a muted crowd. You got to be more of a self-starter here. Is there any danger in the big favorite? Maybe, I don't want to say adrenaline dump, but that if he can't get the Joker out early, that Joker later could be a dangerous uh, competitor for the younger fighter here who should have a built-in advantage earlier, but maybe not later. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting fight. When you look at Joel Pfeiffer, he is a fighter the UFC is trying to build yeah. up as much as possible. Uh, Up-and-coming, rising star here. And they put him Super Bowl weekend. I know it's at the Apex, but there's going to be tons of celebrities over there. It's going to be a big crowd inside the Apex. I think Joel Pfeiffer, this is his time to shine here. 27 years of age, taking on a guy in Hermanson who's really fading recently. 35 years old, he's getting up there. I think this is a hot prospect's time to shine. I like Joe Pfeiffer. I think if you play him by KO mm. at plus money, it's way better than playing the money line here. Yeah, because, again, you get a late 245 if you just pick Joe uh, to win. If you want to go via KO, that might not be a bad way to go. You see for this, again, potential five-round matchup, it is at two and a half where the round prop is and slightly juiced to the under, which would favor, again, the Pfeiffer side, correct? 100%. And, and I think... Pfeiffer also has upside of, of the wrestling. We saw his explosive wrestling in, in his last time out. And I think if, if stuff's not going well, he could mix it up, maybe take it to the ground. Hermanson, I think, is a guy that's known more as a gatekeeper nowadays. Mm -hmm. And his shot at the title is over. So this is a great stepping stone for Joe Pfeiffer to show that he's belongs in the top 10 and he's elite and can challenge for a title in the future. Uh, that KO prop that we saw for Joe, would you be more inclined, unless you wanted to do a parlay stuffer with, with Pfeiffer at, at 245, 
you could get that plus money, what, plus a dollar twenty-five on that KO prop? Is that a way you'd look for Pfeiffer side? Yeah, I think if he wins, it, it doesn't go um, to decision. I think it's by KO, and I'd rather take that than lay the money. For people that have, have maybe newer to the space, I think it's almost counterintuitive sometimes that if you like overs, it's almost a respect play for the older fighters like we just talked about with Michael Johnson mm-hmm. and Jack Hermanson. And if you like the unders, it shows that we think these young killers are out there and this is their time to kind of put on a big performance, right? Do you see it that same way? Yeah, for sure. And I think something to point out is the experience in these younger fighters. So they don't have that experience that the Michael Johnsons have or Jack Hermanson has where it's like, okay, if that younger fighter is going to win, he's going to do it early. But if he gets taken into deep waters, who knows what could happen? Yeah, it's something our producer, Britton Hess, we always, in, in the group text, was like, man, you see some sometimes those young guys can't get the older guys out. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you might want to go live on the older guys Neil here. Magny, Neil Magny, They're, perfect a, example. A, Great example a couple weeks ago north of the border in Canada. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's get to another one of those fights. Now, both these guys are about the same age when we look at Dan 50K Ige against Andre Touchy-Feely. So both these guys have been around the block. It's not kind of the comparison that we just had in those two fights. So when you look at these guys, the experience factor there, they kind of check both of their, those boxes. Are we looking at fight of the night potentially in this co-main event? I think we, we could really see one. Honestly, when you look at Ige, he's a guy that... He fought a Bryce Mitchell. He fought Mavsar Evloyev. We mm-hmm. know how good Evloyev is, and we know how good Mitchell is wrestling-wise. Now, this is a fight where both guys are going to be standing and banging. Feely shouldn't be able to keep him down and, and wrestle him here. I like this to be a stand-and-bang fight. I like Ige Ooh. by knockout. Give me him at plus whatever. I think it's uh, plus 265. There you go. Yeah. 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 So, plus again, you're going to go. Uh, would you look at the, the win by finish is plus 215, but really sub that doesn't seem like a likely outcome for 50, yeah. right? Yeah, I think these guys stand and bang here. And, and overall, Ige in the pocket is a very, very dangerous fighter. And he's going to get to show it this weekend because he's not facing a Bryce Mitchell or a Vloyev who's just going to wrestle him the whole time. Feely will stand and bang here. And what's interesting to me is you look at the, the prop for the fight just to go the distance. Okay, without picking a winner, you're getting plus money at plus $1.25. And I know you like the Ige side at plus mm-hmm. 265, but would you also be intrigued just in case? It's almost like a hedge, but still could win both sides. Yeah, I mean, if you think Feely has value here and you think he could get it done, you 100% play the fight doesn't go the distance because one of these guys, I think, are getting a finish here. It's Super Bowl weekend. Fighters are going to be fired up here to get some finishes. <laughs> We're going to get 50K bonuses. They're going to bet them on the Chiefs or the 49ers, <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. Absolutely love it. Yeah, those guys, I don't. I think they prefer a shorter night. Certainly, uh, neither one wants to be the recipient of the knockout, but that could be a very intriguing uh, fight that might not go the distance. Let's talk about another fight here with Pedrosian against Vieira, and this is, uh, it, it, it seems like, we know that Rodolfo would love this fight to hit the ground, and we are assuming Armin wants to keep this fight standing. Is that a stylistic matchup in the way you see it playing out? 100%. I think Petrosian is going to be able to keep it standing, which is going to be the key in this fight. And if Petrosian can keep it standing, he's a monster at mm. range. He should be able to pick Vieira apart here. I think you have to ride with Petrosian here at plus 100. Overall, I think it could be too much for him on the feet. And, and if Vieira doesn't take him down and get that submission, Petrosian will get right back up, get into his face, throw those kicks, throw those punches, different angles, awkward angles that Vieira hasn't seen in the past, and I think he could get him out of there. So if you look at this in the handicap here, Zade, even if Vieira gets Petrosian down to the ground, that, that isn't like, oh, no, fight's over. You think Petrosian be able to get back to his feet? I think he should be able to defend the submission, 
work his way back up to the feet. All right, and that's the key there because sometimes you go, oh, man, if you get that one takedown, that might not be the case here with Rodolfo. And we've seen gassing problems in the past as well. Absolutely. Uh, Brad Tavares against Robocop, Gregory Rodriguez. Uh, you know, Tavares is one of those fighters now you, you kind of look at and you go, what is he now at this stage of his career? Robocop? Yeah. Lufin Akero, I thought in the first segment, kind of said it very nicely in a way of like questioning sometimes the mental aptitude of what Robocop can do. He's got built-in advantages against Brett. Is he going to utilize those, or would he stand and trade with Tavares, which feels like the only opportunity for Brad to pull the upset? I don't know that he could, you know, take Brad down to the ground and, and hold him down. So I think this fight stays standing. Mm. The question is, with Brad Tavares, how much does he have left? I mean, we know he's been training with Eric Nixick and those guys out here in Vegas. Um, great coach, great team. I like Tavares here with the plus money. I mean, there's a couple underdogs here on this card, and this is another one that sticks out to me. If Tavares does have something left in the tank, I think you're getting value here with the plus money at 2-1. to one. And do you believe it's a fight that hits the cards for Tavares get the win? Or do you think he might be able to get Robocop out of there? Because we've seen it in the past. Sometimes Robocop, maybe the chin, not the best. I think this is a fight where it could go kind of either way. He could pepper him up with strikes throughout the rounds, and it could lead to a finish. But overall, I think you play it the safe way if you're taking an underdog and you take the 2-1 to one on your money. All right, since you're out here, Zaid, I got to ask you, if whoever gets the fight of the night 50K bonus, who would you advise them to put the money on the Super Bowl? We're taking all the money, <laughs> and we're putting it on the San Francisco oh, 49ers. He's rolling it over. The 49ers. Lay the two, so says Zane Dusay. Zane, <laughs> great having you out here, my friend. Thanks, brother. Always enjoy having you in studio. All right, when we come back, we're going to the nation's capital and catch up with Reed Kuhn. That's next right here on First Strike. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue this edition of First Strike by going to the nation's capital. He is back from New Orleans. Reed Kuhn, give him a follow as I do on X at Fightnomics. He is the author of the book of the same name. Reed, how was New Orleans? Uh, was the cuisine as good as you remember it to be? The cuisine was good. I'd say the karaoke scene was even better. Getting to see some people, you know, get up there, group style with instruments. I like karaoke has gone to a whole new level. I didn't even know this existed. Uh, but that was the highlight of the trip. Is there any video of you doing any karaoke that we might be able to get our hands I was on? on? I smartly was taking the video, not in front of the video. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a producer extraordinaire, Britton Hess, finds that. We're putting that on first strike. Uh, let's get to your plays this week out here at UFC Apex. I want to start off with a couple dogs that might be live for you, could be barking. And in the main event, I am fascinated when I look at the Joker, Jack Hermanson here against Joe Pfeiffer because it is at UFC Apex. It's a muted crowd. It is potentially five rounds, obviously, as a main event. But does that the muted crowd without fighting at T-Mobile or wherever else it might be a main event with a big crowd, does that favor the Joker or do you think it favors the dog or have no impact on, on your handicap here? I think this one is less about round-to-round scoring and more about the uncertainty of what do we really have in Joe Pfeiffer. Mm. Because clearly he's a good prospect, undefeated in the UFC. He only has 14 minutes of octagon time, which is not a lot. His numbers look great. He has advantages all up and down the stat line, but how believable is it? What level of talent has he faced? So this is a great litmus test type of fight with Jack Hermanson, who's a veteran. He's been there, you know, hasn't been exceptional, but he's fought some of the best talent in the UFC. So this is a great test to see if that prospect really is the prospect we hope he is. On the other hand, uncertainty creates some opportunity. And if and if I'm going to be betting on this, it's probably a dog or pass situation because Hermanson is tested. He is talented. He is a dual threat guy, uh, much more so on the ground, I think, than standing up. And probably that's where he wants to avoid Pfeiffer. Uh, so this is really a question of can Hermanson force this into deep waters? Can he get Pfeiffer on the ground? Can he get ground control? Because he is good at that. And Pfeiffer has never even faced one takedown mm. in the UFC yet. So it's a little early to be declaring victory on some of these metrics and saying, yeah, he really is that good as he looks on paper. This is the type of fight where we will see it. Happy to be wrong. 
happy to see him go here, go in there and just light up the cage and score a first round <laughs> knockout and say, all right, we got a legit contender at middleweight. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to be a little bit more conservative and say if there's value, it's probably that Hermanson might be overlooked. In the prop rounds here for two and a half, it is juiced a little bit to the under, right, which would go to the Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer side you would imagine here if you go correlate to play. The younger guy getting the Joker out of there, as you mentioned, maybe that first round uh, KO. Do you see it the same way that if Jack is able to be cagey, use his veteran experience here at 35, then the over would be in play if you like the Hermanson side or at least lean towards it at plus money at plus dollar 10 to get that over two and a half rounds? With Hermanson, yes, because there is the possibility of a slightly later submission, like give him some time to work, um, test the gas tank. Yes. We have no idea how Pfeiffer is going to look in the third, fourth, fifth rounds. Uh, so, yes, the over, but. In general, there is a ton of finishing potential in this fight for both guys. And so that's why it is juicy the under of two and a half in a five-round fight. Um, so I agree with that. I think um, fight does not go the distance is kind of an easy parlay prop to use. Hermanson with a submission would be a, a high, you know, that's like your lottery ticket payoff. Mm. Uh, but in general, ITD is a safe play. Yeah, uh, right now for the fight uh, right not now. to hit the cards, it's minus 350 to Reed's point. So, again, you want to throw those in a parlay. That We do not expect this one to hit the cards, plus 275, if it does, in fact, hit those scorecards. Another lean for a dog that you might have here, according to the data, is Brad Tavares. We saw him last time out against Chris Weidman uh, in his comeback effort. Now he's going to take on RoboCop here. And I know that, know that Gregory Rodriguez is a fighter fans like to root for. He's minus 245 in this fight. Big favorite over Brad. What's the data point showing you here for the older guy at 36, which I know normally is not where the data wants to go? Yeah, this is a startlingly similar story. Basically, Tavares, another veteran, he gets in there with some of the best. He doesn't win against the best, but he holds his own. Yeah, he's been dropped a lot of times, but he's also kind of a survivor. He can he can at least eke out uh, sometimes. You know, he has been knocked out a few times. Uh, and this is definitely a situation where I'm seeing better numbers on one side of the page versus the other. And again, sample size is a lot smaller for Gregory Rodriguez. And so all of these things working together, it's it's the uncertainty of it that creates maybe an opportunity for an upset play. Um, Tavares, this is just another day at the office for him. Mm -hmm. 297 octagon minutes. That's crazy. He's spent five hours just fighting active octagon time. That's that's insane. And so you got to think he's prepared for anything at this point. Yes, he's getting a little bit older, but he can still eke out a, a fight. And so on one side, I might force this see over. Uh, Gregory is obviously the harder hitter. He does have some submission attempts, uh, but Tavares is a game guy, game underdog. And so just knowing that he'll tough it out and see, see the cards could be one play here. I'll see how far the price goes. Maybe take a flyer on an upset uh, for Tavares. Knowing that he is the busier fighter, he likes to outwork his opponents. That could work to his favor on the cards. And by the way, right now, just a little bit to the over for two and a half at minus $1.40. Uh, to your, your points there, Reed. So, again, kind of favors if you think Tavares can stay in this fight as the numbers are showing you. That over could be a play. And, again, you can even shorten that up if you think the fight's just going to hit the cards without even picking a winner. In the co-main event, you got Dan 50K Ige against Andre Feely, Touchy Feely. They've been – these guys, we, we know them well. you got tons of data points on them. Uh, what are they showing here and potentially, uh, it seems, to in popular demand, possibly for fight of the night? 
Yeah, this this should be a fun one because I think it will mostly be a stand-up striking affair. And both guys are fun strikers. They they go for broke. They go aggressive. And that shows up in the numbers because they do tend to eat punches as well. Mm. Uh, Feely a little bit more so. Dan Ige is used to being the smaller guy. That's usually the first thing that jumps off the page. He's much smaller. He's not as rangy. And Andre Feely is one of the rangier guys. But even on paper, it's a three-year reach differential. It's not huge. He's just going to look a lot taller. And, and Feely tends to fight long. He likes to lean in push his shoulders forward when he punches that really stretches his game. Uh, so you hope that Dan doesn't just get caught on the outside trying to get in. I think in a three round fight, Dan might know he needs to get aggressive and push, push the pace and get inside. When he does that, he looks awesome. He is the harder hitter. He is the more accurate hitter. And I think that's going to be the difference. I think he is going to test the chin of Feely at some point. Um, who, you know, he's not this young alpha male prospect anymore. He's mm -hmm. been in the game a long time. He's taken some damage and he's more damaged and his defense is less. So I think all those add up to this kind of plays to Dan Ige's strength and the size difference. Yes, meaningful, but I don't think it will be the game changer here. Do you see finishing potential here because of the chin or they're so durable on the other side? You see it is juiced to the over heavily minus dollar 85 for over two and a half rounds. I don't see Feely being the one to score a knockout. I do see Ige as having potential for one. Uh, the five knockdowns received on the Feely side, is that's a pretty decent number. You don't have a ton of UFC fighters who have that many received. Uh, they've each scored that many, but again, Ige has done so at a better rate. Um, so I see more knockout potential on Ige's side than Feely. Reed, with, uh, with all these kind of older guys in the octagon on Saturday, it's got to be a delight for you with, with the numbers that you have. And I want to get to Jeremiah Wells against Max Griffin here. Two guys, again, we, we know them well in their octagon history here. What are the numbers showing you in this matchup? Yeah, this one kind of shocked me. If you had to ask me who has the most dominant ground control of anybody on this card, it's actually Jeremiah Wells wow. by a long shot. Um, so he is spending like half of his time in control on the ground, dominating opponents. Um, and his knockdown rate is exceptionally high because he hasn't landed that many punches and yet he scored two knockdowns. Now he's also been dropped himself a couple times in not that much action. So his chin rating looks terrible and Max Griffin has scored eight knockdowns. So in a, in a, in a shootout on the feet, I think Max Griffin probably has the advantage, but I don't see it staying there. Uh, Jeremiah Wells wastes no time trying to take uh, attempt takedowns, and the numbers for Max Griffin are about average in terms of takedown defense and control time. So that tells me this is probably going to hit the mat, and then it is definitely the Wells show, and I think he's going to own it there. I don't know about getting submissions. He does have that in his arsenal. He does attempt them. Uh, Griffin's been around long enough, hopefully not to get caught in one early. Uh, but I do lean with Jeremiah Wells here. Another veteran, Devin Clark, is over a $2 betting favorite right now against uh, Marcin Prakniow. What do you make of Devin here in this spot? Do the numbers support he should be that big a fave? Yeah, on paper, if you look down that list, again, you see advantages on almost every single metric for Devin Clark. Uh, but this is also kind of a personality test. Like I think both these guys are on the cusp, and they're trying to keep their roster spot uh, whereas they're at that age group where it could be one more loss and they're out and they've been kind of 500 fighters along the way. So, uh, that's one element of this. You might look for the personality and who's coming in a little bit more committed, but at least on paper, all of the numbers are siding with Devin Clark. And so that's why I think he's not only a deserving favorite, um, but we see evidence of it in the numbers. He's also much more likely to take this to the mat. And so one better advantages on the hands, 
and the ground advantage. Got to go with the favorite. Back from New Orleans, I don't see the I Survived the Big Easy t-shirt, Reed, but you should probably get one, my friend. Great stuff, as always. Thanks to Reed Guzade, Hussein, Jordan Sherwood, Lupe Nacaro, Britton Hess, and Rob Moreno, who do a great job putting this show together. Cash and tickets. We'll see you next week right here on First Strike. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.